Hello, everyone, and welcome. You're listening to the 888 Align podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Hanna. I'm a serial entrepreneur who likes to immerse into many facets of life, focusing on growth, mindset, healing, and soul alignment. Eight represents strength, prosperity, balance, power, overcoming, stability, and to me, the yin and yang of life. Pain weaves the gratitude for the beauty in life and appreciation for our generational evolution. You're in the right place if you're looking to dive deeper into finding meaning within yourself and your life experiences, work towards transforming into and aligning with your highest version of yourself, take action steps towards building and creating the life of your dreams, as well as explore discussions on health and wellness, balance, self-care, plus areas like travel, fashion, art, culture, manifestation, entrepreneurship, and even a little spirituality. To be 888 aligned means to be aligning to your strongest and most powerful and enlightened version of yourself. To continue to evolve and always be open to growth while staying true to your core values and individuality. Let's get started with this week's alignment. Hello, everyone, and good morning. Welcome back to 888 Aligned. Thank you for taking the time to check out the podcast and tune in as always. Today, I wanted to talk about the let them theory because I think it's a perfect time to talk about it for and during the holidays and good prep for before we enter into 2024. I mentioned this briefly in my last episode, but I really wanted to get into it today because I noticed even for myself, I really need to work on embracing this more. But first off, let's talk about 2024. Usually, we are really pressured into resolutions and making changes and becoming a new version of ourselves, although sometimes this is totally irrelevant. Maybe we are already on that path and changing, and the timestamp of a new year is nothing more than another month forward for our path. And other times, we are not ready to change just yet. Making a resolution that is unrealistic may set us up for failure and telling ourselves that this year is going to be different and better and more successful and happier can sometimes cause more pressure and anxiety and actually make us not look forward to the new year. So especially if you're someone who doesn't really put too much focus on time, like those who are more go with the flow type B personalities often look at resolutions as silly and actually more detrimental because it's creating a box they have to try to stay in or reach a specific goal that maybe they don't want to restrict themselves to that goal or commit to it just yet. Maybe they're still figuring it out. But if you are more type A and more into resolutions and changing yourself and making a new version of yourself every year, then you may be someone who feels like they have to plan out their entire life by a certain age, be it a specific career milestone or family milestone, whatever it is. What if we could find a good balance of both? Because that's really what this podcast is all about. So with entering into the new year and embracing your true self by letting everyone else be and act as they want and entering into the new year on your time and your terms, I'm going to break down how the let them theory actually plays a role in how we decide to alter ourselves, create resolutions, create new lifestyle patterns, act a certain way, and go into the new year feeling at our best. So with that, let's get into today's episode. So what would be the more 888-aligned approach? This podcast is all about balance first and foremost, but I like to combine balance with what life here really feels like realistically. 
and not being totally unrealistic with pushing a certain type of way of going about things. So let's first start with the let them theory. I've heard this theory called specifically this way by Mel Robbins. However, I've definitely read about, heard about, and worked to implement this way of thinking and acting before it went viral and it was just presented differently or called something different and it is essentially a series of steps to empowering your own self, being more confident and sure of yourself and detaching from and neutralizing and moving on with your own tune in life from those around you. So that's also the thing about anything that goes viral. And I like to say this to keep it in mind for myself and for everyone else listening, especially theories or ways of doing things like we've seen with manifestation and maybe different businesses and different coaches out there claiming they have the one way of doing something to reach a certain goal. It's important to remember and just take yourself out of the bubble for a second and realize oftentimes The virality is just a piece of the whole, and it also is usually not something new. Just maybe called something new that fits with the person talking about it, and that doesn't mean you shouldn't lean towards certain people that inspire you, even if there's other people saying the same thing, because it's great that there are many creators actually talking about the same thing in different ways because it'll help people relate differently. Some people are going to be more attracted to other creators than others saying the same exact thing, And that's just how they describe it, how they explain it, maybe the way that they relate it to things or how they bring themselves into it. So there's nothing wrong with that. But just put into practice being more consciously aware that you will likely see the same kind of thing just presented a little differently. And then suddenly it's viral. And then suddenly more people are doing the same thing. And what we want to really look for is what helps you grow specifically and what helps you feel good and is presented in a way that you can understand best. I often think this way from learning and working to master marketing and just being an entrepreneur, when you are working in these fields, you start to realize how many times something old is brought back to life with a new title and a few tweaks to it and maybe something very individual about it to make it feel like it is completely a new thing or it is specific to that personal brand or that brand or business or corporation. So I see this all the time with tiny pieces of something larger going viral and then people hopping on this train to do it themselves when most of the time that piece that is viral is correct, but it's not the whole and it's not the only answer or way of doing something. Anyway, just something to keep in mind uh, and going back to the let them theory. Essentially, It's just about being yourself, doing as you wish, acting as you want, making your decisions in life without letting the opinions of others affect you. Of course, this comes with the idea of not causing harm to anyone, whether it be intentional or unintentional. It's also about not controlling the outcome or a situation, but embracing that you can only really control yourself and what you can do, think, feel, and believe. So let's get into some examples of how this plays out in our regular daily life. Number one, as simple as how you dress and choose to express yourself, how you carry yourself when you walk, your outer self, the type of style you wear, the makeup, the hairstyle, the piercings, glasses, tattoos, whatever. Self-expression, in my opinion, is one of the biggest parts of embracing this theory because our outward-facing selves are the most exposed to the outside world. It's the very first thing someone will see without you saying a word, without them knowing who you are, what you do, and all that. 
And of course, there's an exception for when you're on the phone, but let's talk about specifically when you're walking out your door, right? So how comfortable are you with how you outwardly present yourself? Do the opinions of others get to you about how you dress and how you look? Or are you totally comfortable with embracing every aspect of how you choose to look and wear with whatever makes you happy? I remember when I was still figuring out my own personal style, I used to wear so many different kinds of styles and I would either get opinions of negative judgment or compliments, sometimes even on the same outfit. What is it that's common here? It's that people's personal life experiences and perceptions are going to impact how they perceive how I look. So should how they think about how you look be a factor on how you decide to present yourself? Absolutely not. Throw that out the window when you're deciding what to put on, how you do your hair, your makeup, and all of that. And it's, of course, different if you have to show up to work in a uniform or a certain kind of outfit that's appropriate, but I'm talking about your everyday life. I've also had plenty of times where I wore something, got judged for it, and suddenly it was trendy. Or the amount of times we as a society make fun of a certain type of style and fashion just for it to come back a decade later. It's how it works and how society and culture run in order to control the masses and capitalism. What's in is in and corporations want you to buy it and they all know ahead of time what they want to push. So they just need to create thoughts and perceptions about it through marketing it to you through magazines, social media, TV, influencers, all of that. So promise is. Dress how you want, style yourself how you want, wear your makeup as much or as little as you want, your hair, your entire outside self. Let them, being your friends, people, society, and the culture we throw ourselves into on social media, think whatever they want. They are all just being played by the upper level of capitalism anyway. What's out is only out until it's suddenly in. So don't be played by that. Instead, focus on when you look in the mirror, do you feel good about yourself? Do you feel powerful and strong in your armor? I like to think of it as our armor, what we wear, our style, aesthetic, because it's what makes us feel like ourselves. When we feel like ourselves, we are ready to take on life better. We carry ourselves more confidently. We operate better. We feel less impacted by others. We are stronger. And on another note, these days, especially with the massive takeover of social media and what's trending over the last decade, I really love when I see someone who is unique and not just following trends, but has something special about them. I feel like I personally appreciate that so much more than watching someone hopping on trends. But hey, that's just me. I also do love a good trend when it's good. And also, that's just my opinion of what's good or not. See, but we get influenced so easily with, well, what's What's a good trend? Or, oh, maybe I'm not unique enough because I follow all the trends. No, just be you. Whatever makes you happy. Follow trends, don't follow trends. The whole FOMO aspect is only created from people who really make living life look really good anyway. It's their excitement in their own life that makes us feel like we're missing out on something. So my suggestion to you is to find a way to make living your life look and feel really good to you, meaning be excited with what you're doing, romanticize the moments of your life, and then everyone else will start seeing that and feeling it too anyway. That's how brands grow, right? They have to hype their own brand up when it's small, like a small business. They have to be the ones to make it look exciting and hyped up and oh, I, I feel like I'm missing out by not having this. That's how this psychology works. So embrace that with your own personal life by doing that for you. Not for everyone else, not for everyone else to feel FOMO, but do it for you. And 
I guarantee you people will eventually end up looking to you and saying, wow, it looks like your life looks so amazing, whatever it is. It's not about what they perceive, though. So don't get that mixed up. You're not trying to create a perception. You're just really living your life in a way that makes you feel your best and it makes you feel the most excited. And what in turn happens is it creates this perception anyway, because that's how our society works, that someone is missing out. They feel FOMO. They feel like you're living your best life, but actually live your best life. Don't just make some fake version of that for social media. So anyway, let them. Let them have an opinion on how you look. Let them have an opinion on how you dress or how many tattoos you have or piercings or what color your hair is. It doesn't matter. Your permission to let this happen also helps trick your brain into feeling you have made a controlled choice when in reality it's going to happen anyway. So let's just let them and move on so we can continue on with our lives. And funny enough, talking about being judged on our outward appearance, a small example of when this happened to me was when I was back in college and I was in this organization and we had new members join. And I was told by one of my friends, she overheard one of the new women joining that based on looking at a picture of me, a picture, she knows she wouldn't get along with me and that she wouldn't like me. And I just laughed at this at the time and honestly was so taken aback. I was like, what? I didn't even expect to be pointed out like that. And she ended up telling me about a year later how much she loved me and looks up to me. And I never told her that I knew what she said, and I didn't let it impact how I treated her either. I just continued to be myself. So when it comes to our appearance and ourselves, we come into ourselves with people when they start perceiving and meshing together how their perception of what we look like and how they judge us then meshes into how they get to know us and suddenly things change. Their perception changes. So it's all kind of wildly psychological when it comes to that kind of thing. And so the best way to combat this literally is to not let this stuff impact you. People change their opinion all the time. They change their perception all the time. And our first impressions of things, even though people say like it makes a lasting impact and sometimes it does leave something within our minds, can be changed, can easily be changed. And it's really about how we let it go. We have to let go for new perceptions to come in. Okay, and number two, so your outward self is seen first, then what you have to say comes next. Your opinions. Oh, have I had a hard time with this one. I am someone who from the past has had very strong opinions, and it wasn't out of a form of judgment, but rather conviction in something. Because I'm someone who cares very strongly and tries to always put my best effort forward. So I put a lot of research into things. I read a lot. I dive deep into researching things. I try to see every side of things. You know, I try to stay as open as possible to understanding all sides. And I always want to help others when I hear a problem I know I've either gone through or researched or learned about. And I've also had to learn my own boundaries with that. And some people, you know, they just want to vent and they don't want to hear a solution. And that's totally valid and normal. But I have had a really large variety of experiences at a young age that has given me a lot of viewpoints and expansive views. And I've also had plenty of people be so thankful that I shared something rather than keeping it to myself because it helped them through something. So I'm really thankful to have those experiences. 
So when it came to sharing my opinion, I always wanted to share because I wanted to help. That was always the root for me. Has it bitten me in the ass in the past? Absolutely. Do I regret it? No. Have I been told that I try to force my opinion? Yeah. And only from those who were mirroring off of me of themselves because it took me some time. But I realized that me speaking my truth and my opinions was never harmful. It was just strong and powerful self-expression. At one point after I came into contact with very few people, by the way, that told me I was trying to force my opinion, I realized that they were all similar. And you may have gone through this too. They had issues with their own selves and self-expression of how they were worried of being perceived, and they didn't want to let other people freely think as they want or feel as they want because they didn't feel they can, and they wanted to try to control how people feel and see things from their specific point of view. And my ways was always trying to just come from a place of helping and sharing my side, but never forcing anyone to just feel or think or believe my side. And before I felt confident again with myself, because I lost a lot of self-confidence when this started happening with me, and before I felt confident again with myself, after having a few people randomly and suddenly telling me this, I started to pull back and never share anything. I told myself, okay, I'm just not going to say anything. I'm not ever going to share my opinion, which is extremely overdramatic also. It's an over end of one thing and on the other side. And I felt so uncomfortable because I was made to feel uncomfortable. And you know what happened when I pulled back and decided to never share my opinion like those people wanted me to? Those same people started to share a lot more and felt satisfied that I was no longer sharing. What does this tell you? That those who are not confident with letting other people have different opinions and viewpoints of themselves will try to silence those with different viewpoints. And we see this everywhere in society. We see this with politics. We see this with a lot of other things within life. They are not embracing the let them theory, I'll tell you that. So when you talk and speak confidently, sometimes those who lack that kind of confidence end up taking it personally when it actually had nothing to do with them. But they may be so in their own heads that their perception creates something that was really never the intention or never even there. There is a healthy way to communicate different opinions while also sharing space for other people to feel as they do and speak to what they believe in. So... Let them. Let people think and feel what they want. Let them have different opinions than you. Let them disagree with you. If they do, great. That means everyone isn't just brainwashed anyway. Diversity helps our evolution. Being on the same page is not always a good thing. Of course, when it's needed, it's needed. But people knowing more than you and thinking differently than you and feeling and seeing things differently than you helps you grow in some way, shape, or form. So embrace the different opinions, embrace the differences, take that for what that is as well. And on a side note, I also realized when you do pull back a little bit, instead of talking so much and sharing so much opinion because of your own choice to express less opinions and not being bullied into it, when you pull back and let other people just speak, you can really observe a lot without having too much emotion pulled in and out. And when you sit and observe, you can really get to know someone more and you can really see what they have to say and give them the space and floor to talk and also just kind of take things in a little differently. Your awareness is a little bit different and you start to just perceive life a little bit differently as well. And also, if you are someone who tends to get into a lot of heated conversations because you're just very passionate, maybe first pull back and then embrace the second phase of expressing yourself again like I did without emotional impact. 
When you pull back and let people be as they are without interfering, they often have to analyze themselves more. You know, when someone hears themselves speaking and someone else isn't automatically saying something right away, when they speak and then there's kind of silence for a moment, they kind of think a little more about what they just said. It kind of forces them to replay what was just said out loud because there's this silence. It's a very interesting thing and it allows somebody to really take in what they're saying and kind of come to their own awareness. So there's just that to keep in mind as well. And this brings me to number three. If someone you're close to, whether it be a family member, your relationship, or even friends, if they are in a bad emotional cycle, you got to let them figure this out on their own. And now it goes without saying, when someone is in need of help and they are reaching out for your help, go and help them. Of course, you know, that's totally separate and different. What I'm talking about is when someone, let's say, around you is just always grumpy and angry at life. Maybe they're complaining all the time, all day, every day. It's bringing you down a lot. And maybe you're constantly trying to help them out of it, talk them out of it, be more optimistic, whatever. And it probably always bites you when you try. You have to realize that there is a time to try to help someone and there's a time to back off and let them figure it out. Let them be angry. Let them feel cranky, complain, whine, and throw tantrums. Let them complain about their lives and be the biggest victim in the world. And again, I'm going to say this again just because it's so important. If someone is in need of help and they're reaching out to you or you want to attempt to try to help them because you see that they need help, you know, go ahead and do it. There's nothing wrong with that. Mental health is incredibly important and underrated and Sometimes we do need someone to reach out and help us, of course. Like sometimes we do need that and we just need someone to say, it's okay, I'm here to help. And that's all we sometimes need. But I'm talking about specifically those people that just revolve in these cycles and they don't want to get out of them. Like you've tried a million times, they do not want to get out of this cycle. You have to realize you're not going to be able to stop them. You're not going to be able to change them and you're not going to be able to always pull them out. And as long as you keep trying to do that for them, they're just going to use you as a crutch or an emotional punching bag as well. So there's a careful balance here. And in the other side of the balance of helping them, you want to let them figure it out on their own and let you enjoy yourself. And you don't want to always just allow people to drain you. I've always been the person to take on everyone's pain and hurt and stress and anger because I'm extremely empathetic and I feel everything and I take it all on. And then I feel like crap. I end up taking on all of that energy, all of their pain. I feel so deeply and then I feel bad. And I just, and it's nothing to do with me. It's just that I feel bad because someone else feels bad. So I've had to learn how to create boundaries for myself to not allow that to happen. And when you let people drain you, that's a choice as well. So people pleasers and empaths, like you have to learn how to put up the boundaries and stick to them. And it's hard, especially when you're starting out and you don't want to do that. You just want to help people and you feel it. And when you try to stop yourself, it's very hard to do that in the beginning because your trait of constant overhelping can become toxic because it's toxic to yourself. So sometimes it pains us when the people around us, those that are close to us are suffering in a way when we can see how they can get help or we can help them or they can change. And this even can go as dark and as deep as someone suffering with alcohol and drug abuse. Well, here's the thing. You can do as much as you can, provide all of the right resources, show up every time they need you, or repeat a cycle. And at some point, it has to be a choice for the person doing this themselves 
to decide because they're going to be the only ones who can really fully make that decision because they have their own free will if they want to continue this cycle or wake up and stop it and choose to not be a victim anymore. So learn how to balance deciding when to help and when to let go and let them decide on their own when they want to change. So I know this is a hard emotional topic for some people. I can relate to this area extremely personally, and it takes a lot of emotional strength to make a decision to back off. The person that is self-sabotaging is eventually actually going to hurt more from you interfering if it's just a crutch for them and they're actually not getting the chance to save themselves, to work on themselves, to better themselves. Sometimes over-helping somebody actually enables them. So We have to figure out when is the right time to interfere, when is the time to back off. You know, we have our resources to lean on for that, whether it be therapy or other mental health resources. And, you know, discuss that when you encounter these problems with a therapist or another resource. There are plenty of hotlines and all of that. And it's just very important to let the people who, let's just say, are just feeling miserable and grumpy all the time. Let them feel the way they want to feel because they're choosing to feel this way. And also let them get annoyed with you trying to enjoy your life or be happy if they are just in a grumpy disposition all the time. You can't always hide yourself because someone else wants to be angry at life or miserable. There has to be a fine line between being empathetic and worrying about yourself and how happy you feel. And again, I know this specifically will resonate with people pleasers and empaths, For those struggling with angry parents or mentally, emotionally abusive relationships and friendships, you need to figure out the healthy balance, when to take yourself away, when to let people learn on their own, if they do and when they do, and to worry about yourself and when to really end a friendship or relationship if it's at that type of place. And if you are an empath, I want to challenge you for a second. Especially for empaths, it's really ironic because we feel deeply for everyone else except for ourselves. So if you are an empath, I want you to view yourself as if you're viewing from a third-party perspective for a second, like you're watching someone else in a movie. And if that person lived life the way you do, would you feel for them? Would you start feeling they don't pay enough attention to themselves or their own mental health or happiness? Would you start feeling the pain they take on for everyone else? I want you to actually look at yourself for a second and really feel more love for yourself and say, is this fair to me? Is this giving myself love? Is this self-love? Is this self-care by doing this to myself? When we reverse this as an empath and turn it to ourselves, we realize that we are neglecting ourselves most of the time because we're trying to give so much attention and care to everyone else. So try to figure out how you can have more empathy for yourself. That's how I want you to turn it around. And it's not easy. It's really not. But when you start actually paying more attention to yourself and you say, what are my standards for myself? Am I really treating myself well? You want to change your standards. You end up wanting to set new standards and not allow yourself to be walked on, to be mistreated, to be drained, to not give yourself enough love and attention. That's where you want to take this and have a healthy balance. And number four, for those of you who are chasing after a dream, starting a business, doing something unique on your own, you're likely going to get judgment. In fact, you're probably going to. That's just how life works here. And if you don't, things are working out really well for you and I'm happy for you. And that's great. But I've said this before and I'll say it over and over. 
Again, people are uncomfortable with change. They are jealous of change and they project the change in a negative light and try to sway you. And the people that don't are evolved. They're working on themselves. They're also trying to do something different and create change. But those that are not, don't let people do that to you. Don't let people sway you and try to make you feel bad. Starting a business for me at a young age was really hard. And I've talked about this in previous episodes. And it wasn't about the success part of it. I was actually doing well in the beginning of my business when I first started out because I was so confident in my ability to push through and work hard and learn and be successful and keep trying and reiterate and pivot. I was very confident because I've worked really hard my whole life to really get to that point because it was always in my eyes where I was going to start my own business. So it wasn't about the success part of it. It was the emotional, mental, and psychological part of it that I had a hard time with. And because of that, I got impacted negatively and it actually deterred my success for a little bit. I would let people in too much. I would talk too much about what I was doing. I would take in too many people's opinions that really weren't warranted or helpful and had nothing to do with anything I was doing. I was too vulnerable and naive and I allowed everyone's opinion to get to me. I've spoken about this before also. When you start to let people get into your head, your energy changes. Your frequency around what you're doing changes and what you attract changes. The actions you may take change. The livelihood you put into it changes. Remember what I said about FOMO earlier? Creating your own FOMO within your own life? Well, when you let people get into your head and you're building a business and you have to be your first cheerleader, meaning you have to be the one who's hyping up your brand, pushing it out, getting really excited, showing people it's cool. Like if you're not doing that, who's going to do that, right? It, it has to be you in the beginning. It becomes really hard to be your own cheerleader when you start to not believe in what you're doing anymore because someone got into your head or because you're feeling negative or you're taking those opinions too much to heart and you don't have as much excitement anymore toward it. And then in turn, it impacts how you come off, how your brand or your businesses come off everything about it, the effort you put in. Maybe you put in less effort into the aesthetic, the marketing, the website, how you pitch, how you talk about your brand. When people ask you what you do, maybe you don't even sound passionate about it anymore. It all leads into itself. It all folds in. So realize people are going to gossip. They're going to maybe talk shit. They're going to make things up to make themselves feel better. They're going to tell their own narrative because people are just going to talk and you got to let them because they're just going to say it anyway. They're going to get angry. They're going to do a bunch of stuff. There will always be supportive people and people that are happy for you and share what you do and feel excited for you. And you want to keep those people around you and make sure you give them the same excitement on their life and their accomplishments back. Support is a two-way street. And I've seen people also, I've just observed, where they're getting a lot of support, right? And maybe they are more of the extroverted person. So, and the other friends are more introverted and they support and they love supporting. And maybe they're empaths and they just feel excited and they want to be a part of it. But I sometimes don't see that extroverted person getting all that support. And maybe they are owning their own business. Maybe they are a content creator, whatever it is. Give it back. I don't usually see them give it back. And it, it's not always just on social media. I'll see it in my everyday life. If one end is getting a lot of support, I don't always see it reciprocated. And support is a two-way street. If you're doing something big and different, just because your life maybe is different from the usual nine-to-fiver or whatever it is, 
if someone has something special going on in their life, make sure they feel that whatever is going on in their life is exciting too and you're there to support them and you're happy for them if you want that. That's the kind of relationship you want. So, but those that are on the opposite end, the negative end, let them talk. Let them say whatever they want because you're only going to be able to control as much as you can and at the end of the day, there will be times where the opinions shift anyway and it's just about staying the course. I've watched this happen too. One day someone is saying something negative and making jealous, angry remarks. And then a year or two later, they're all supportive and excited. And I'm sitting there like, wow, where did this come from? It came from the sudden change in perception, change of opinion, watching something get big and suddenly wanting to hop onto the train with everyone else. It really doesn't matter, though. Be neutral and move on. And in addition to all this, as a side note, I've recently really been observing a lot of newer artists releasing a lot of new music. I don't know if this is just something I've come across on my algorithms or if there are actually a lot of new artists popping up right now. But I've been like checking them out and looking at the comments and like kind of listening into the music and all that. And this is just a perfect example. I'll see a new artist release a new song and maybe it's their first song they're just putting out. And suddenly it's either the internet loves them or absolutely hates them and these mass opinions manifest. And this is a perfect example of how the internet and mass opinions can either impact you or not and you convince them to sway to the other side by just being you and keep pursuing the course. So for instance, I've seen some new artists release a new song and they'll get hated on in the comments on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, all of the socials, right? Because people are just swarming like sheep and feeding off of each other. And then I'll watch the artists just not engage. And I'm sure on their side, maybe they're feeling a lot or there's a lot of PR going on, whatever it is. Sometimes a lot of the hate leads to a lot more engagement anyway, so they'll just allow it to happen because more engagement means more numbers, which means more people seeing it, more money, all of that. But anyway, keeping to what I was saying from this side of it, you know, I'll watch the artists not engage, continue to put out new music and keep pushing the excitement, whether or not that's how they feel. But from the outside social media perspective and PR, the artist just keeps releasing and pushing the music. And what happens is I suddenly see people in the comments on the more recent music changing their tune. They'll say, I actually like this. They've gotten better. I respect them for continuing to try. This is an improvement. Whatever they say. Or I've become a new fan now. But after the first song that they put out, if they had listened to all the comments and hate, they would have stopped right then and there. And then nothing would have happened. Meanwhile, they've actually started to change people and how they perceive them and suddenly created hype around what they're doing, right? This is what every brand does, every small business, influencers, just in general, in your regular life, what you're doing that might be different or someone might not like. You have to just romanticize your own life. You have to feel good in what you're doing, not worry about doing it for other people and worry about doing it for you. And that will just change from inside to out and it'll show through like that and create this ripple effect. Don't listen to what people have to say. Let them think and say whatever they want. Keep doing you. Keep pushing. You'll automatically improve over time the more you keep going. And you want to keep your eyes on where you want to go. Throw on some horse blinders. You know, the blinders that literally block off the peripheral view so you can't see anybody and what's going on. You just keep going. That's what you want to do. You want to keep moving. So let them say, let them think, let them feel how they want to feel about you, it's irrelevant. 
Okay, so I went over a bunch of examples of the let them theory. I think you get the gist. And so do you tell yourself ahead of time that there may be or there may not be people who agree and disagree with you doing you and being you. And you already know that. And you, in fact, give them permission from your brain side of things to do as they wish so you can do as you wish. This is big for the people that feel they need to control the outcome. Then actually let them and do not be bothered by what happens after that. It's almost like you are automatically ahead of time releasing whatever happens, happens. I have nothing to do with it. Yes, it takes some practice. It takes some detaching, some neutralizing, and daily reminders to yourself. Self-talk, self-motivation, self-support. But when you enact this let them theory, you will feel so much more freer in your everyday life and everything you decide to pursue. So what does this have to do with going into the new year and 2024? Well, again, everything connects here. Your new year in your very specific life and timeline is about you. And speaking of timelines, specifically, someone might be the same age as you. They might be on a totally different timeline. Let them be. Don't let other people get in your head about what kind of timeline you're supposed to beyond. This is about you and your life, what you're meant to do here, what your soul is meant to do here, what you're meant to do in this lifetime. Your timeline is always going to be very different from everyone else's. And when you're trying to hop on someone else's timeline, you're probably getting deterred from what you're meant to do in your life. So let them think what they want. Let them have the life that they want in their timeline. And in turn, let yourself have the timeline you want in your life because it has nothing to do with what everyone else is doing, even around your age. I always found that so silly and ridiculous because we're so used to as a society to be doing the same things as the people in our age group. But realistically, when you think of it from a macro perspective and a holistic perspective, we are all here to do different things. So our timelines are going to be different. It's just we happen to age at the same time as groups of people. But other than that, we are all very different. So let everyone do what they want. Choose how they go about the new year and how they take on 2024. You decide how you want to and don't let other people get to you and how you decide you want to go about this. Be more proactive with doing more self-reflection, maybe some journaling, goal setting, vision boarding, whatever it is, whatever makes you happy, whatever makes you excited. Sometimes I realize even when I'm making my own private vision board that I judge myself for wanting to put something on it that maybe feels silly to me or random or too small or too big. What in the self-sabotaging am I doing to myself? What am I doing that for? Make your silly, big, dreamer, fun vision boards. Write down your big goals or small, simple things you want for yourself. Just ask yourself, what is it that I want? Forget everyone else. Forget all the pressures of everything else. Let them worry about themselves for 2024. This new year, 2024, is about living a life of freedom. Make it happen for yourself. All right. Thanks for listening in to episode 12 and getting into that 888 alignment. Stay tuned for next week's episode. I'll chat with you guys next time. Thank you for listening into the 888 Align podcast. Please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. I would really appreciate that to help the growth of the podcast. If you want to check out more and join the 888 Align community, you can give the podcast a follow on all social platforms at 888 Podcast. Oh,